Welcome to the Revital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! Revital Health is a proud member of the Health Optimization Network. Health Optimization Medicine and Practice is a 501c3 nonprofit on a mission to educate doctors and practitioners on how to optimize for health rather than treating disease. If you're interested in becoming a practitioner or donating, head over to homehope.org. Revital Health Clinic is the first and only of its kind exclusive health optimization clinic in Australia with state of the art technology protocols and personalized healthcare, compounded medicines made specifically to your testing individualities. To find out more, head to revitalhealth.com.au. Well, today I was very, very lucky to chat to Astro Boy himself, Steve Ersek, and talk all about his journey to UFC glory. So welcome to the Revital Health Podcast. In this episode, we dive deep into the inspiring journey of Revital Health's very own ambassador, Steve Ersegg. He is a 27-year-old mixed martial art artist hailing from Perth, Western Australia, who made his UFC debut as a champion. Join us as we uncover the dedication, mindset and determination that propelled Steve from local MMA success to world stage of the UFC. He is known as the Astro Boy in the Octagon, shares his story of overcoming setbacks, visa issues and the grind of a fighter's schedule. From his beginnings in low-level MMA training in Perth to becoming a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and defending his eternal MMA title. Steve's story is a testament to the sacrifices made in pursuit of a dream. So tune in to learn what it takes to be a champion, both inside and outside the octagon, as Steve Ersegg takes us on a captivating journey of resilience and ambition. And Steve is such an amazing person, and he enjoys so many therapies at Revital Health, and we're so happy to support him for all of his upcoming fights. All right, so we have... Mr. Steve Ersegg, the Astro Boy, on the podcast today. <laughs> I love your name, Steve. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, appreciate it. It seems like a lot of people like it. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was um, well, not a big story behind it. And originally, my mum hated it and thought it wasn't tough enough. So um, yeah, I sort of grown on. I think my mum, but lots of people seem to like it. So there you go. That's cute. Your mum, <laughs> it wasn't tough enough. <laughs> no. No, she thought it maybe like ruthless or something oh. to that effect. Yeah, oh. I I see you in your fighting realm as this like secret um, tough guy underneath yep. this very nice, very controlled facade, and you're a weapon underneath. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I yeah, I, I don't see the point in being angry all the time. It sounds exhausting to me. So uh, try to be nice to people, and then when they want to punch me, I'll punch them back. <laughs> <You> just- <laughs> for the fight which is a smart move yeah. definitely yeah. smarter um so steve i wanted to start with first actually this name where did it come from also um how did you find your way into fighting um so astro boy came from 
just like coaches and um, all that sort of thing. So we're talking about, I think we brought up Wonderboy or I brought up Wonderboy because um, Stephen Thompson and that sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, somebody goes, oh, what about Astro Boy? You sort of look a little bit like you got the black hair, blah, blah, blah. Sounds good to me. And that was literally all, like, all it took. And, yeah, um, yeah, so there you go. And um, I got into fighting. The the actual catalyst, like, the one that actually made me sort of actually start fighting was, um, or start training, rather, was um, I was a WWE fan um, back in the day. And Brock Lesnar <clears throat> uh, was a WWE guy, and he came over to the UFC. And there was just something, the whole hype built up behind it um, was very exciting. And they had to create new gloves for him because his hands were too big and all that sort of stuff. And I just, I don't know how anybody could ever beat this guy. And then he goes in, starts looking the way I expect him to look, sort of bashing the dude. And then the guys, Frank Mia, end up grabbing his leg, taking him down with it, finishing a leg lock. So I don't know what just happened, but I got to learn whatever just, whatever that was, I need to know it. So I talked to my dad and, um, we went down to a martial arts gym and I told dad I wanted to do MMA, but I don't think he realized what I meant by that. He just thought I wanted to train martial arts. So we went down to this gym called Cobra and um, yeah, it was in a gi and it wasn't really what I was looking for. And so I did like three or six months of it. And I was 14 at the time um, and I stopped, but dad kept doing it. Um, and then he starts talking to me about all these like chokes he was doing and all these different things. I'm like, where was this when I was there? So I decided to come back, um, started sparring, started doing all that sort of thing. Um, and it sort of ended up just sort of being like lucky because one of the guys, because we're not a fight, we weren't a fight team at that stage. One of the guys enrolled himself in a sparring day. Mm-hmm. And then my coach, Dave, he's going to coach uh, Randall, his name was. And I was like, well, if he's fighting, why can't I fight? And um, dad goes, "You're not, you're not fighting." I was like, "Why not?" He goes, "You're not a fighter. You run, you go backwards the whole time. You, you just, you're not a fighter." I'm like, "Dad, I'm a fighter. I'm telling you, I want to do it." And he goes, "All right, if you want to be a fighter, we'll go in the backyard, we'll put the gloves on, and we'll see if you can be a fighter." And so we sparred and punched on in the backyard. And he goes, "All right, I guess you want to be a fighter. That's fine with me." So that's sort of how it all started. Wow. Yeah. So- what are, what is your dad saying about you now? You know, like the conversations that you have now must be pretty funny with him. Uh, my dad's just a funny guy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he's always very, um, obviously very supportive. He does a lot around the gym to help me and um, to help everybody. Um, but he's also very blunt. So he makes it very obvious where you stand at all times. And um, if you're not working hard, he'll let you know about it. Yeah, which is good. It pushes you in the right direction, isn't it? It's a motivation and to just to become better and better. Yeah, you don't need people telling you that you're amazing all the time. I think it's a detriment, if anything. So, yeah. if um, yeah, I, I prefer it the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Say it how it is. Okay. Wow, amazing. Awesome story. I love the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We had lots of sparring sessions in the backyard, running around, uh, what's it called, the clothesline and on the corrugate fences. And, yeah, it was good fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously now your your days are filled with fighting and also teaching, which is yeah. incredible. And, you know, you're an incredible teacher and mentor to the kids there as well. Um, so, you know, tell me a little bit about um, teaching and how that fulfills, I guess, you know, there's a big, huge part of the teaching and then obviously the training and the fighting for you. And then both together really combine very well because you're you're in it constantly. Yeah, so I think teaching just in general helps you understand techniques better. 
Um, and I think one thing that teaching young kids does is just force you to be very patient because um, not all the kids want to be there. They don't necessarily understand how you're explaining things. So um, you got to find new and inventive ways to teach them and also keep them entertained because if I'm monotone the whole time and I teach the same thing the same way every single class, kids aren't going to be interested in what you have to say and they're going to switch off and then they're going to start mucking around. Them. So trying to not only teach kids in different like uh explain things in different ways but keep it exciting also keeps it exciting for me as well so it's just i think it's it's good it's definitely helped me grow as a person mm-hmm. and an athlete yeah it gives you like looking as you said <clears throat> the next thing the skills the tools the the techniques you're refining them to a um, degree constantly because you're having to teach them to others and it's always the best way of learning yourself as you said you know you're teaching it so therefore you're becoming better it's ingraining that within your mental patterning as well yeah like especially in uh, i'll teach uh, jiu-jitsu and i'll do something and it'll be like second nature i won't think about it and then somebody asks me how i do it and i'm like oh I don't really know. Um, I don't know why I do it. I don't know how I do it. I just sort of do it. And so then it's like I really have to reflect on um, in what circumstances um, exactly how I'm moving my hips or I'm doing this. Like it's just, It makes you cognizant of the things that you do naturally, which um, if you can explain it, you can replicate it more easily, I think. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> it's all automatic a lot of the times so that you're getting used to these things. And it can also be to a detriment because then you're actually um, skipping out on some of the key points that you actually could be refining that slightly little bit more that gives you that competitive edge at the end. So, yeah, it's yeah. really nice to break it down into little little sections, I guess. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yep, for sure. So, <clears throat> all right. So now you've, you've had so many different fights and then this big, massive lead-up to Vancouver. Now, I want to... Yeah know all the ins and outs of mentality and you know like what you were thinking and then you know that lead up itself to even the training and the last minute um but also the comparison to the the fights that you've had previous to that you know and and then when you arrived what was that like you know from from your perspective yeah so um I was planning on fighting uh a couple of weeks before or three or four weeks before, I can't remember what it was. Um, and then but before that or after that, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It's not important, but I was fighting Clayton Carpenter anyway. And then I get this call um, saying, sorry, Clayton has pulled out. Um, he's injured. I'm like, ah, oh, that sucks. Like I obviously had the visa issues and all that sort of thing. Another yeah. setback, blah, blah. And they're like, but we've got David Dvorak in eight days. Um, how do you feel about it? And I went, um, I don't really know who that is. Uh, I'll go have a look at, um, I'll go, I'll go have a look, but I need fights. So, um, yeah, potentially, I mean, I was like also worried about my weight because obviously I haven't been thinking about my weight yet. Um, mm. so it's, I'll call you back soon. So I look him up like, oh, wow, he's ranked number 10 in the world. Um, <laughs> that sort of came out of nowhere. And then, yeah, it was in on a really big card, 285. 289 whatever it was um yeah and I was like this is such a good opportunity I can't say no to this and obviously you have the nerves about fitness and stuff but I'm always training this is why I'm always training and I said to Hunter and McMaynard when they did sign me I said I'm always ready call me whenever 
So I really didn't want to be that guy to go, oh, actually, it's a little bit late notice and blah. So I just, yeah, said yes. Um, and then, yeah, my phone blew up immediately. Um, people are calling for interviews and this and congratulations, blah, blah. I was like, I haven't even thought yet. I'm getting congratulated and all that sort of stuff. So um, that was weird, but obviously cool as well. Um, flew over. Uh, and the hardest part really was just dealing with the jet lag. We actually never got over the jet lag. We're waking up at three o'clock every morning, um, getting exhausted by the afternoon and just, yeah, I tried melatonin and stuff, all the stuff that you're allowed to do, but it didn't quite get over it. But at the end of the day, like you're fighting, so you just find a way. Um, and as far as the experience, how it compares to, uh, eternal stuff, I was surprised how relaxed I was. Um, that's really, I think, yeah, I think, there was a big because I wanted to be in the UFC so bad. I think mm. there was so much pressure to make sure I didn't make any mistakes, didn't get caught, didn't do this, and so I was so scared of making one mistake fighting on Eternal that that's what made me so nervous. Whereas like now I'm in the UFC, now I just have to fight the best guys to find out where I am. It's like a lot less, a lot less pressure. Um, gotcha. And yeah, so I, I fought like that. I carried myself like that. Um, obviously, still have doubts, still a fight, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it was just, yeah, not freeing, but it was, yeah, a, yeah, great experience. And uh, I think I think it showed how relaxed I was in the fight too because I didn't go in guns blazing. I didn't do anything crazy. It was just take my time, move forward, do my thing. Um, and it was obviously I won, so couldn't have been too bad. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's such a testament to one your and your body and your mentality strength to actually fight in jet lag. You know, for anyone yeah. who's had jet lag, and I've had it recently, and I'm about to have it again soon. That yeah. actually, you know, I can't even find the strength to go and work out, let alone go and yeah. in the correct stretch setting and having your tools and having your nervous system in the correct place but it just shows that you have such amazing mental control of your nervous system that you actually can just see it as it is and just really drop yourself into that state which is incredible Steve it's awesome thank you the first session I'm um, hitting pads was rough though when I yeah. got over there I hit the first day exhausted so fast like we're on sea I couldn't even imagine how hard, hard it would be if you had altitude or something there was yeah, not my best session uh, first day there, but slowly, slowly got better and better. So, so next you got to fight in the Himalayas so then you can actually understand <laughs> yeah, and build more blood, blood, blood exactly. strength for oxygen and then you'll be you'll be yes. down on the normal grounds just going for it. Yeah. 100%. I might have to go three months early or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, you know, for, for, for the actual, you know, preparation for a fight, and this is what fascinates me, um, so I want you to talk, you talk me through the, you know, what you look at for other fighters. So obviously you get to know who you're going to fight so you can prepare and look at the way that you're going to prepare to fight them, you know. So obviously yes. their techniques, their weaknesses, their strengths, um, but also how mentally do you feel when you're in the fight, you know. So there's a lot of people out there training fighters to be mm -hmm. mentally focused you know almost see things in slow motion so you can predict that next move there'd be nothing else you're in that complete flow state like complete setting um so talk me through that sort of like that preparation for the fight even not even the physical part of it yeah so when you watched or when at least when I watch tape I'm looking for a few of their key weapons 
that I need to be careful of. And then a few things that I can apply to my game that I already have to take mm. advantage of their weaknesses and um, their deficiencies and stuff. I'm never, I'm not the guy that has like, okay, this is plan A. I have to do this, 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 and this. Um, and then if that doesn't happen, I have plan B. Like I don't think like that. It's like, I've got all these tools. I have a few things that I'm looking for and then a fight's going to happen and I just need to figure out things during the fight. Um, and in the fight, it's, yeah, sometimes you do, for whatever reason, you get into a flow state. Sometimes you don't. Um, I haven't figured out how to get there. I always make sure I have a really hard warm-up now um, just to make sure that my body's prepared. Um, but other than that, it just, you train so much. Like your body does stuff that you're not even aware of sometimes. Um, so um, it was a the Shannon Ross fight back in um, 2019 or whatever it was. I don't know what I saw, but I remember just thinking, I was doing my thing, blah, blah, and then he threw something. I'm like, ah, got the time in. I'm going to throw this next. I don't know what I saw. Yeah. But I knew that I was going to pull counter as soon as he threw his next jab, and I threw it. He fell down. And, I, I, yeah, I, you just you see stuff in training. You get so used to seeing, like, certain movement patterns and that sort of thing, and eventually your body just clicks, and you don't necessarily have to cognitively uh, cognitively understand what's happening yeah but your body's figured it out and then it's going to apply what it's saw. so um yeah yeah it's instinct yeah you literally it's, on yeah. instinct when you're in there but if you're relaxed enough yeah. then you can actually make those decisions as well cognitively yeah. as a yeah. part of that instinct which is amazing yeah. yeah um i know some people say that you shouldn't be thinking at all i disagree um mm. i'm definitely thinking and looking for things but you can't think too much as well if you're overthinking things then you're not going to throw, you're going to make mistakes as well. So it's, yeah. yeah. I think it's smart thinking, isn't it? It's not like you're worrying about something and you're getting stressed about what they're going to do. It's almost like yeah. what's what's my problem-solving mind going to look like? You know, what am I doing here? That's that's yes. the problem-solving, yeah. yeah. What about, see, what about um, superstitions? You know, so this is not to a degree that you yeah. have, but as a horse rider, I used to compete at a sort of a state level. And I used to always have to wear the same socks yes. to make sure that I would be winning. <laughs> yes, yeah. And so many sports people have this where they'll have superstitions that they'll need to have certain things or wear certain things or not wash something for a period of time. Yeah. Like, is that something that you have? I always like this. Um, no. So I used to always wear odd socks. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I did it for one fire. Went, That's it. I'm only wearing odd socks from now on. But... um. <laughs> I didn't like being, uh, yeah, I didn't like having to do a certain things, a certain thing, um, and that impact my performance because yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Like, obviously, the UFC, they make you wear a fight kit. So if I had to have my old socks and they tell me I can't do that, like, how's that going to play on my mind? So I was very, yeah. I thought it was very important to get rid of any superstition and then um, go from there. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And that's no, yeah. you're not bound by that control, which is also exactly. our struggle for yourself too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So I do want to get into what's coming for you, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to go through, you know, ins and outs of what it looks like on a daily basis for you. You know, you're in camp at the moment. You know, some some people actually don't know what camp means, so maybe an explanation yeah. of that because I sure didn't before you guys yeah. to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and 
what does your routines look like on a daily basis? Like what do you love to have in your life for things to increase your, you know, your physical strength, your mental strength, you know, early sleep or making sure you get this certain food or, you know, whatever you're doing, what do you really make sure that is locked in for your performance? Yeah, so um, I'll start off with, with what camp is. Um, mm. So camp is, you show up the same training sessions, but the training session is just harder. So now all of a sudden, instead of, doing three rounds of pads you're doing the same three rounds but you've got okay 10 hard kicks at the start of this round and then you have um a tabata at the end of this round and um that sort of thing and we specifically do a lot of um we do shark tanks which just means i'll be in the middle um i'll have 30 seconds with one partner whether it's striking with it grappling whatever and then the next 30 seconds somebody comes in and a new like fresh person comes in i do that for three five minute rounds so it's the idea is it's way harder than the fight's going to be because obviously they're always fresh and you're always tired. So um, yeah. that's all camp really is. Um, obviously, you add in uh, looking at your opponent's weaknesses, strengths, all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, that's sort of what it looks like. Um, and the stuff I do in camp that locked in, I try really hard. It's very hard to juggle to have three sessions of each discipline. So I try to get three wrestling sessions in, three striking sessions in, three jiu-jitsu sessions in a minimum. Yep. That often changes depending on what I think I need and blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying at least twice a day, but more mm-hmm. often than not three times a day um, throughout the camp. Um, and the only other thing that I try to make sure I do um, and it's hard to always get it in, but yeah, I uh, try to make sure I get it, some type of massage in, in the week and I'm trying to go make sure I go to uh, do the hyperbaric chamber and uh, the red light therapy um, every week. But again, things come up and you've got this to do and you've got this to do and sometimes you miss out. But um, yeah, that's sort of what my schedule looks like. Yeah, It's very actually, it's actually very boring. All I'm doing <laughs> is waking up, training all day, trying to make sure I eat enough food go to bed and I just repeat over and over and over again. And then you look forward to Sunday because it's the only day where usually you're not training, but then sometimes you're like, I need to get one more thing in. So you try to train Sunday as well. Yeah, just, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it looks exciting. And I think a lot of people want to do the fighting because it looks exciting. But I think the most exciting part is actually the day you have yeah. a fight. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, I get people tell me how lucky I am. Like, oh, I wish I had the opportunity to be a fighter. And it's like, I understand I am very lucky. But I don't think people understand what goes into actually being a good athlete. Um, and any, it's not just fighting, it's any athlete at a high level. I don't think people really understand what that means. Yeah. The hard slog on your body is huge. And, um, and I yeah. know I've told you this many times, but to be in optimal performance, you need to train harder than anyone else. And you also need to look after your body better than anyone yes. else. Yes. which is just insane to do because you also don't have the time to do it, you know, because you yeah. are doing everything else at the same time. Yeah. So I guess what would what would the things be that would make your performance less? Um, and so what would be a detriment to you and your performance if you were to have them in your life or be not doing what you're doing? You know, this could be foods, this could be nutrition, it could be habits, it could be anything. You know, sometimes people go, well, I make sure that I get an early night because I know that yeah. I'll do one if not or I make sure I get these amounts of or different types of foods in. Otherwise, I definitely wouldn't be performing at my best. 
Is there anything yeah. he asked you to be in your best and you should or you should be leaving out? <laughs> um I the one thing I yeah, it's not like a specific meal or anything. I just am trying to make sure I eat as much food as possible for most of the camp because I naturally Actually, that would be an easy way to explain it. I have to cut out Deras coffees. So I really love Deras coffees. Um, <laughs> just, I don't know what it is, but when I have them, I'm not hungry for most of the day. Yeah. Um, and so I have to cut that out. Otherwise, I won't be able to eat enough food. And because yeah. I'm working so hard, I'm honestly just trying to, every opportunity I have, I'm buying like a muffin. I'm buying this. I'm getting this. I'm making this Um, because otherwise I can't function. Um. Yeah, yeah, well, it's something I've learned over over time because I'll I lose weight too fast, and that's the biggest problem I have. It's not putting, it's not get getting the weight off. It's actually keeping weight on for me. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm trying to eat as much as possible, get Darius coffees out of the way, um, and then after the fight, I'll I'll definitely partake in some. But um, yeah, Steve, Steve, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, it's the recovery. You know, you need the amino acids, you need the carbohydrates, yeah. you need to keep up with your output and otherwise you can't repair. You know, you're you're exactly. constantly injuring all the micro parts of yourself, which you need yes. to re-engage. So also sleep, you know, we've talked about this um, separately, yes. but, you know, sleep is huge for you because that's the key, yes. key time. I've definitely started time. sleeping better for sure. Um, Good. Well done. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's been a yeah, big help making sure yeah. yeah i'm getting to sleep on time um which often means not watching tv yeah. um super late and all that sort of stuff um yeah and another thing is um salting my water stuff like that mm. um because i know especially this last two weeks i'll be drinking water lots of liters of water and i'm super dehydrated because it's not sticking to you and yeah. so you're getting a sports drink or putting salt in your water, whatever it is, just getting some type of electrolyte or yeah, salt drink into you just to make sure I'm not always dehydrated, which is also detrimental. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah exactly right. You need the electrolytes in the amount you sweat when you're training. You know, when I when I came in, I was I was so glad that Steve sweated as much as me because it made me <laughs> feel like I was really fit. Yes, nice. <laughs> Yes, when people make fun of me for sweating too much, I'm like, that's just because you're not working hard enough. Yeah, that's all yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, so I'm glad I worked really hard. That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. <laughs> no, I do have to come back in and have another session. I'm going to bring my kids. Um, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll love you. Um, <laughs> all right, so what is next for Astro Boy? What what have we got coming up? And I already know this, but I want you to tell yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm fighting on UFC 295, which is um in – uh, New York, Madison Square Garden, um, and yeah, the main event is John Jones versus Stipe and the co-main Yuri versus Pereira. So, uh, for like die-hard fight fans, you'll know who they are. For people that don't really know fighting, you probably know who John Jones is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for those of you that don't know anything about any fighters, blah blah, Madison Square Garden is like one of the the pinnacles of any fighting sport. Some, I mean, Elvis performed there. There's like it's just a really cool venue, and I could cut, yeah, I'm very excited that. This early in my career, I've got an opportunity to fight there. It's yeah. incredible. So what are your thoughts going into this? What 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 are you are you preparing differently? Is there anything that you're doing different? Is there anything that you're thinking differently? Are you going earlier for the jet lag? <laughs> because it's a pretty hefty um twelve hour yep. difference on that one. Um yes. yeah, anything there that you're doing different? Um, I mean I'll I'm getting there two weeks early. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the plan is the first week is still part of my, like the last part of my camp. So I'll still spar mm. when I'm over there. Um, I brought a training partner plus my coaches over. So that last week I'll be getting used to the jet lag and getting my last part of camp out of the way. And then the week of the fight, I should have fully adjusted. And that's just like the last part of like uh, keeping sharp in my camp um, and losing weight, obviously. And we've got the other part of the question. What oh, was the other part of the question, sorry? Same thing you're doing differently, like how are you preparing? But, you know, oh, training yeah. for you, like you said, is the same, right? So you probably yeah. train very similar to and you're just preparing for the for the different fighter that you're going to fight. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, my mentality is the same. Um, I'm still going out there to do all the, like, I, I want to finish. That's always what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm training uh, as per normal, just little tweaks. So the good thing about the last fight is that, I got to feel the level of the UFC um, mm. and that was really big for me because you get away with certain things um, when you fight, obviously, lesser opposition mm. um, and fighting Dvorak, you could really feel what the high percentage moves were and what the low percentage moves were and how I need to adjust and what I need to do. And so, yeah, I feel like that alone has made me much better because um, – I can chuck certain things out of my game. I now really focus on the things that I think will work the best. And, um, yeah, I think I've improved a lot. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Each fight will teach you something. So you'll be improving yeah. every time that you fight as well, which is yeah. that's all you can ask for as well. Yeah. Actually be in Madison Square Gardens. Like, yeah. actually there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, like, I was I- supposed I, I booked. So a long time ago, I was over there. And we went to go watch a hockey game over there. Mm. But we were also very jet lagged. So we bought our tickets. Mm. We thought we'll have a nap before the game. <laughs> and we never woke up from the nap. And so, <laughs> yeah, we spent, I don't know how much we spent. I think we were like $200 a ticket or something. So, what? yeah, blew 400 bucks on a nap. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, jet lag will do that to you. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's a shocker. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm I'm headed over in a couple of weeks. So I will just yeah. miss your fight. I'm gutted. I could have been yes, there yes. in New York. Uh, yeah, you told me. That's yeah, yeah. Oh, well. There'll be plenty more, plenty more. There'll be plenty more. Yeah. Plenty more. So yeah. um and you were meant to fight in Sydney and I remember we were gonna head over and, and see you there, but that was yeah. um that was cancelled as well, wasn't it, for you? Yeah, unfortunately I couldn't get cleared um because of the David Dvorak fight basically. Yeah. So um yeah the, yeah, I had to be put off a little bit more. But at the end of the day, like, this is, in my opinion, a much better opportunity. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get to fight in Sydney or Perth again. That's, yeah, going to happen. So Given. you don't always get an opportunity at Madison Square Garden. So, yeah, it worked out very well for me. So incredible. So incredible. So, you know, life of the UFC, um, does it, it looks like a waiting game, yeah? A waiting game for the next fight. And yeah. keeping on top of your training until you know. And it could be at any time, right? So it's yeah. a very unknown <laughs> sport. Yes. Uh, the more, yeah, the uh, further you progress, the more mm-hmm. notice I think you get um, for the most part. And the people, the outliers like Sean O'Malley or Conor McGregor, they get the most notice. They're not getting put into late notice fights or anything like that because they make too much money for the for the company, right? So um, they want as much publicity as possible for the event um so uh if i want the same thing i have to put myself in those positions where i've fought and beat a lot of people hopefully uh uh i am 
I make the fans are intrigued by my fights. They want to come watch my fights. And then I get like a good camp. I can properly, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, I've forgotten the word. Where you start the camp and you build certain ways. You start your strength training at the start of camp and you build the the yep. camp over three months or whatever. Um, yep. That would be ideal. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's not for a long time yet. So well, yeah. at least at least three fights. Yeah. Three fights time. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, I'm so excited for you, Steve. And just to see what's coming, you know, it's just being in front of the audiences and being exposed to these different fighters is, is yes. you know, joy, joy and reward enough for you, you know, and then you're going to bait, bait them. So, you know, <laughs> it was honestly very cool. So the coolest part for me about the whole experience was just being in the room with like DC and all these people I've watched fight in the past. And yeah. like I get to talk to him. It was just so cool. I was like, I'm more of a fan than anything else. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah just going to I'm more excited to getting to watch Steve Pay fight John Jones than I am about fighting myself. So <laughs> um, it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And there's so many people out there that are also, you know, amazed by you and also, you know, following you so closely too. So you are that for other people. You know, so I put out some questions on the, the our Instagram page yeah. and we had one question come through that said, you know, what do you recommend, what gym, particularly in Perth or, or any yeah. gym that would be for, you know, the up and coming MMA fighters, you know, what would you be recommending? I mean, of course, number one for me is Wilkes Academy. Um, that's where I grew up. I think the culture is amazing. There's good yeah. coaches, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then number two and three would be, scrappy mma again great coaches um great atmosphere uh, and good fighters from there and then the last one for me would be uh luistro again um coaches seem very dedicated some really good guys coming out of there um i don't know the culture as well as i know scrappy and wilkes um but it looks like they have um good guys there so yeah yeah that would be the three for me Awesome. That's amazing for, for people to know. And, you know, I think the the key takeaways that I always get from from talking to you and listening to you is really the the dedication that it takes day in, yeah. day out, and the consistency. You can't expect, like anything, I think, in this world, massive results for little effort. You know, you always yeah. have to put in the effort to get the results. And you've put in an astounding amount of effort to actually get yeah. where yeah. you've come. And yeah you know, you've made the sacrifices to do that, which is awesome. So, you know, culture, I think, is really important as well, the support team that are around you. And, um, you know, being there myself too, it is. It's an incredible supportive atmosphere that everyone is friendly and you feel good, like the energy is good in the place. And I think that can be something that really drives you to like or dislike a sport that you're in. So that's part of your success, I believe. Yeah, especially being there as often if, uh, as you have to be at the gym. If it's like, if yeah, if it's a terrible place to be, you don't like any of the people in the room, it's just, why are you going to be there? It's just, mm-hmm. it's not fun. So I like coming in, have a laugh with all the boys, um, all my coach, all that sort of stuff. And then when it's time to work, you work. But it's, yeah, if I'm bored and just sitting at home, because Caitlin's not always home, she works away. So yep. if I'm just sitting at home by myself, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll just go to the gym and hang out for a little bit and then <laughs> train later on, so becomes family yeah for sure yeah absolutely awesome Steve so what are your um you know top three five whatever it is um I guess what's the word for it 
um, push or advice to those who want to be fighting and want yeah. to come up to fighting? Like what would be a few things that you would give them as tips, you know, whether it be health yeah. or mentality or training or whatever it is? What have you got? <laughs> um, so one is just consistency. Um, yeah. A lot of people, are, like you said, they expect big results quickly. And that's just not how it works. That goes with anything you do, like weight loss, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not about getting really good in two years. It's just, yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, you might be really good in two years, but if you put in the work over a 10-year span, you're going to get where you want to get to, right? Just be patient. Do your thing. Make sure you're there every day. Um, so that's number one for me. Um, number two is just... You work hard when the coach tells you to work hard. I hear plenty of people tell me they're overtrained. I can't make it in today. This, that, it's just, yeah, I, it bothers me greatly um, because I think everybody thinks they're overtrained um, and that's just not the case a lot of the time. So um, the coach will recognise when you're overtrained and he'll either, well, if he's a good coach, he will at least. He'll know when you're overtrained. He'll either tell you to just take the session off. He'll take it easy out, just do technique, whatever. If you have to make that decision all the time, it's a very slippery slope. Um, so I like to put my faith in the coaches in that regard and I'll rock up and, yeah, just keep training. Um, our number three would be just, yeah, again, find a good gym. So uh, having a bad coach can be a very big detriment to you. Not just – even if you've got good technique, but he's bad for you in other ways. Um, yeah, Just, yeah, making sure that – yeah, it's a safe, safe place. Um, everybody wants has your best interest at heart, um, and yeah, they have the means to make like to push you as far as they can push you. Um, if I, yeah, I've never liked the idea of uh, you can't go to the, you can't go to that gym because um, that uh, they're trying to poach you. Blah blah. If your coach is doing their job, they should have. Um, the confidence that you're going to come back right and um, Dave tells me this all the time if he if I don't think that he's the best uh, thing for me anymore um, you can go to another gym it's like he wants my best interest heart and um, obviously he's a great coach he does the best thing for me I'm always going to be here um, and I think he knows that too so um, yeah. find somebody that yeah trusts you and wants the best for you yeah that'd be the biggest things yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, awesome advice. I think consistency, trust and faith, and then finding a mentor that will actually support all parts of your growth into yeah. the field and have your back at all times. I think that's yeah. uh, perfect advice. Awesome. Yeah. I think everyone is going to get a lot of lot out of this, and I think there's so many young fighters coming up that they really, um, you know, there's, there's a lack of guidance, I think, from what I've heard, and a lack of knowing of where to start or where to go or yeah. where where to persist with. So I think this will be like a, a mini Bible for some people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right. So where, where can people help support you, um, reach out to you if needed, follow you? What do you need from us? Let's let's see it. Let's, where do we need to follow um, you? Yeah, so Instagram, number one, um, yeah. at EarthEggSteven. Um, yep. That's uh, where I post the most. Um, and then Facebook I have. Um, my athlete page there so that's uh, Steve Erseg on Facebook um, oh. they're the two places you can follow me um, 
and then I have a Twitter account. But honestly, most Australians don't really use Twitter. It's a very American thing. So if you want to follow me on Twitter as well, go ahead. I think it's um Stephen Ersig or Steve Ersig. I honestly can't even remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I hardly use it as well. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Oh. No, that's how you can show support. Um, yeah. Oh, thank you. And um, merchandise you can buy from the gym or from you? Uh, yeah, true. So yeah. I do have some shirts. Um, yeah. yeah uh, Steve, Astro Boy, Ersig shirts. Um, so they're $50. Uh, yeah, just message me um, or, yeah, message me, probably the best way. Um, and, yeah, if you want to buy a shirt, that'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Oh, I'll be wearing mine on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> oh, it's been amazing speaking with you, Steve, and thank you so much for your time for this. And I know you're a bit, very busy man at the moment in camp, but um, I really do appreciate your time and I can't wait to see the fight and see you back in clinic very soon. Too. Yes. No, my <laughs> pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for everything you do as well. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. Thank you for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health as well as our website revitalhealth.com.au for upcoming podcasts, workshops and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.